0: In life, we will always hit some roadblock. How we choose to react to it is different for everyone. Sarai shares her story of a major roadblock and what she did that is changing the lives of many. It's truly an inspiration. Need a judgment-free zone when it comes to your financial life? Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for today's Latina who typically thinks English but feels her Latina culture through and through. I am your host, Jen Hempel, and each week we have down-to-earth money conversations from people in La Comunidad Latina that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. Lista? Let's do it. Bienvenida, que tal, how is it going? This is Jen Hempel, your host, and I've got an inspirational guest for you today. She took a life challenge she had and created a solution, not only for herself, but for others in the same position. In today's episode, you're going to learn about her upbringing in Mexico and the differences she saw in the perception of money when she came to the U.S., You're also going to learn the shock she experienced when she applied for college admission and what she did about it, as well as the financial impact she is creating with the work she's doing with the Dreamers Roadmap app. Let me share with you a little bit about Sarai Espinosa. Sarai Espinosa Salamanca is the founder of the Dreamers Roadmap. And she is a former undocumented student who years ago had to drop out of school to help support her family. Today, she is the founder of this company and a recent graduate of Cañada College. Sarai was a champion of change at the White House in 2014 and received a House of Representatives award in 2015 and was recently named in Forbes 30 Under 30. Sarai wants everyone to achieve their fullest potential and hopes to help hundreds of thousands of students eliminate the barriers to success. ¿Lista? Vamos a conocer a Sarai. Let's go meet Sarai. Bienvenida, Sarai. I am excited and thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here as well. Well, we are going to start off jumping into your money story. So are you ready? ¿Estás lista? Lista. Okay, perfect. So tell me, growing up, what did you see, hear, experience, and observe when it comes to money?
1: So I think growing up, I'm a Mexican, obviously. I was born in Mexico. And when I was younger, there wasn't really a lot of talk about money at home. Um, I remember... Just like very vaguely, like a couple memories that I do have from Mexico. It's like, oh, pasaba el, el señor vendiendo a dole. Then my dad would give me a couple pesos to like go and buy it. But I think like growing up, like as a little kid, I was never really like conscious or aware like, oh, do we have money? Do we not have money? Like how do we spend money? Do we save money? That wasn't really a thing. Uh, when we came to the United States, though, like it became a little bit more different. I think I became more aware of the fact that there was always like a necessity to have more money being from an immigrant family, first generation, you really see the difference. I think mainly once you start going to school and like what other kids have or like the houses of your friends, it's like, oh, that's a little different. Oh, like vacations that they go on that you didn't really go on as a kid. So I think for me growing up, like that was one of the very first, like, I think experiences to like money and like seeing the difference of having it and not having it. And I think even when we came to the United States, we didn't really ever have like a conversation about money at home. You just kind of would always overhear like the adults talking, like "oh, like hace falta dinero" or "oh, casi no tenemos dinero" or "oh, no hay dinero" or like "pagar los viles. You know, like that was mm-hmm. like the only like time that you would hear anything that had to do with money.
0: Interesting. I've experienced the same. And how old <laughs> were you when you moved to the U- U.S.? I came here and I was four years old. Okay, so I came when I was eight. So it's almost similar, a few years, yeah, years older and. That's what I heard when we, I don't recall, well, in Colombia, I'm from Colombia, mm-hmm. I did see a lot of arguments in between my parents because there was a lot of lack of, and, and coming here to the U.S., it wasn't the arguments, but it was always the talk, we don't have the money, we can't afford this, <laughs> those type of things. So it's just really interesting that we hear the lack of, Right but not necessarily the abundance of, or at least in our stories, right? It's not for
1: everybody. Yeah.
0: So tell us, now you've had that experience growing up and let's fast forward to today because you've created, I mean, a fantastic, I say service, it's an app, but tell us about, first tell us about the app, uh, the Dreamers Roadmap, uh, what it is and what drove you to create it?
1: Yeah, definitely. So Dreamers Roadmap, as you mentioned, is a mobile app. It is a free national mobile app where we help undocumented students across the country find scholarships to go to college. So kind of the story behind the creation of Dreamers Roadmap is my personal story. When graduating from high school, I found out that I was undocumented and I didn't qualify for financial aid. Therefore, I had to figure other ways to finance my college education. And that became very difficult very quick because I came to learn that Because I was undocumented, it was very hard to even qualify for scholarships also, because a lot of them did require me to be a U.S. resident or U.S. citizen, and I was neither of those. So I graduated high school with having very, I don't know, I guess you can say scarce visibility on what my higher education looked like, because I had no money. My parents had gone back to Mexico when I was 16 years old. I had stayed in the United States trying to pursue a higher education being that I'm um, the youngest of 11 children and the first one to really kind of want to stay in school and persevere through graduating and getting into college I kind of faced that challenge also right of like being the first one not really kind of like knowing anyone in my family who could help me navigate this whole college experience not only that but on top of that all the financial burden that comes with wanting to go to college when you're an immigrant in this country pursuing higher education. So I think for me, like that was, I think, one of the main things that motivated me to want to create Dreamers Roadmap, because after graduating and knowing that there was money, I just didn't find it with enough time for me to get into college, what difference that would have made in my life. So when I started finding like that, there was a lot of very like different, smaller scholarships, but there were several across the country that were open to undocumented students whether that was dedicated directly to undocumented students or that just didn't ask you for a residency requirement i wanted to tell the world right like i wanted to tell other people because when i first graduated i honestly thought that i was the only person in this country going through that situation but then again like i was always like so sheltered right from the whole thing because i didn't really know i was part of something that was a thing, which was like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's like a lot of undocumented people. There's a lot of undocumented youth trying to pursue higher education, but no one had really focused or taken the time to talk about this in a bigger scale or in a national scale where people would not only know that they were in this situation, but that there was a way out of this situation or through this situation. And through Dreamers Roadmap, we're, we're giving students the opportunity to use this tool to find that money to not have to go through basically what I went through, which was graduating without having like a path into college. And thankfully, we've been able to have a little bit over 30,000 users thus far. Um, Yes, we've received testimonies of students and parents and community members. And I think for me, that's one of the biggest gifts, I think, since starting Dreamers Roadmap. It has been hearing these stories personally from the students that have been affected And just a couple months ago, we heard a story from Lily, who graduated from UCLA, first one in her family, and she reiterated the fact that it was thanks to the money that she found on Dreamers Roadmap. So I think, again, right, it goes back to the story of like money. If money wasn't there, if these opportunities weren't there, these people would not have the opportunity to graduate and become professionals in the country that they call home, right? So I think one of the biggest missions of ours is one, educate students that the money is there, but two is also fulfill that dream that these individual students have and also the dream of the parents, right? Because as you know, as immigrants to this country, Mm -hmm. our parents, a lot of the time bring us to have that opportunity to higher education, to become better, to have better financial stability that they didn't have growing up. And I think Dreamers Roadmap plays a small part in that role of bringing sustainability to these immigrant families through the financial support that we provide on this platform.
0: No, absolutely. And I think it provides more than a small role, in my opinion, just because, like you said, moving, even though I technically didn't immigrate, being my dad is a a gringo and American. Mm -hmm. Basically, everybody sees the U.S. And I don't know about now with the polarity of this country right now, but everybody sees or has seen the U.S. as the land of opportunity. And for a person that experienced something like yourself that gets to, graduates high school and then wants to go to college and you're roadblocked, right, in terms of uh, financial aid and all that. So I think it definitely provides a huge, huge opportunity for those in that situation. And I love, love that you're doing that because especially in addition to the opportunity to go to college is, is beyond that, right? It's like you mentioned the dreams and hopes and there's so much talent, right? And we just need to be able to have a chance to show our talent, right? And sometimes that we just need that education to propel us to the career and all that. So I, like I said, I applaud you for doing this because it's Huge, 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 huge. Now, how long is it that you've had
1: this available? Uh, Dreamers Roadmap launched on April of 2016.
0: Okay. All right. So about three three years almost, basically. That is awesome. So what do you think? So in terms, since this uh, podcast is about money and money management, financial education, what do you... Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Feel, besides creating an opportunity to go to college and get scholarships, what do you feel is like some of the biggest financial impacts that you're creating with what you're doing in terms of, obviously, they're not getting into necessarily into debt Student loans are <laughs> thats another conversation, but what yeah. do you feel is a, a financial impact that's really significant?
1: Yeah, I think one of the first and foremost financial impacts that Dreamers Roadmap is being able to provide to these families is that weight off their shoulders, right, for parents and for students, that they don't have to worry about money because the money is being provided through these scholarships. Um, and I think after that, I think having the resilience of staying in college with hopefully finding enough funding, whether that's a right scholarship or individual scholarships as you're in college. But I think even after that, right, like I think the impact goes even beyond, as you mentioned, this tool. And while they're in college, I think it, it becomes to where the students now graduate and start getting jobs and start getting their first paychecks. And how do they now start to manage this money? And take use of this money, right? And a lot of times, again, I think I'm speaking from the immigrant family perspective, and then being the first in your family to have a college education or a professional career, a lot of times what happens in these like Latino families, it's that, oh, like now that you have the job and the career, now you have to help the family, Mm -hmm. Um, right? And, And a lot of times, though, it doesn't even get to that point. And that's why so many students while in college or don't even get to college, because of that financial need from the family. And that's something that we talk to a lot of parents when I, when we travel the country and speak to youth and speak to parents. It's like we have to be able to reiterate the message to parents, the importance of an education and what financial difference it'll make if we wait those four years for them to become professionals versus having them work like at a retail store or at a restaurant. Yes, they'll be making money and they will address the immediate necessity of the financial burden. But if you wait those four years and they become professionals, what they would be able to bring to the table financially will be four or five times greater.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I think that's like one of the other big messages that we like to portray, right? It's like, how do we bring this message to the parents and the families? And it's so hard because I think I picture myself where like, if I had like, let's say three or four kids. And I had younger ones at home and I had to work all the time. I would kind of expect my older ones to actually get to work also, right? To be able to help sustain the family. And it's just kind of like that constant battle of like, okay, what's more important? Is it that immediate financial need? Or do I want to see kind of like my child get through college? And how do we figure out that balance? And does the knowledge or the importance of education and the difference in financial situations would that be? And how do we bring that to the table of like these immigrant families and first generation um, college students? And do you
0: feel that's changing that as you do these talks and reach more and more people? Do you feel, because you mentioned it's a challenge, but do you feel that's changing? Because I know I've encountered definitely first generation. I went to uh, Purdue University, but that was years back. (laughs) And there was a lot of first generation Latinos uh, Mm -hmm. students there. And one of the in the conversations with my friends, the big for me, like me personally, I mean, my my situation was completely different just because I was fortunate. I was born in Colombia. My dad was American. So coming to the country was, you know, was not hard. But right. with my friends in college being the first generation, I lot of what I heard was that with their families, because of the struggles that they had college was like a priority that they made sure that their children would go to. And sometimes it was at the cost of getting in debt, right? Which that's the other aspect too, especially Mm -hmm. for first generation where you don't know what you don't know, right? You're especially coming to the US, the system is different. There's a lot of differences, right? And you don't know terms like how to maneuver. I mean, financial aid in, in college is hard enough. I'm like, right. I couldn't tell you step one, step two, step three. Right. Uh, and I have a kid that's coming up uh, that's going to go to college. It's not mm-hmm. easy to navigate. So for these families that they're trying to adjust you know, to a new country, if, it's, mm-hmm. if they just recently immigrated and trying to figure out the financials of college, that's... Whew. that's a lot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it really depends on the family and the situation that they're in. And Mm -hmm. also it really depends on the school that the student is attending and the support provided at the, at the campus. Because I think academic advisors and teachers, they have a big, big role in this whole first generation immigrant communities aspect because right, the parents, like you said, they don't know what they don't know. But these teachers have that opportunity to advocate a little bit more for the student. And some teachers have gone as far as like coming to the home of the parents, explaining the importance of an education when parents are potentially maybe fighting it a little like, oh, no, I think so-and-so needs to work, right? And we Mm -hmm. see it in movies, we see it in film, we see it in real life where like the teachers are coming to explain to the parents like, no, this is really important and we have to do it. And back to your original question where I think I am seeing a change where parents are now seeing more value in the importance of a higher education and are not putting so much pressure on their children when they are in college in terms of like, okay, while you're away in school, like you still have to provide for the family. Again, I think this is kind of based on the situation. And I think even me when I was in school, right? Like even if my parents weren't asking me for financial help at a certain point, I felt that it was my responsibility to do it anyway, right? So it's just kind of like that cultural mindset of like, I still have to help my parents. Like we are on survival mode, like I still have to help them. So kind of how do we not shy away from that, but kind of focus on one thing at a time? So then at the end, we kind of find ourselves in this much better financial situation because we took that time to focus on our education and just not worry so much of like providing for a while, to then be able to provide in a more sustainable way. And again, it's really challenging. I wasn't able to do that when I was in college. I did have to provide for my family. And, you know, like it was challenging. I'm not going to say it was easy to have to concentrate in school and work and provide for my family and myself. And that just made it, I think, so much more gratifying for me after to really value what I had and what I currently have, right? And Mm -hmm. manage it well and not take it for granted.
0: So speaking of that, what would you say has been the biggest money lessons you've learned up to now?
1: I think one of the biggest ones has been one to save, save money. And the other one has been to manage your money. So in terms of like keeping a balance on my checkbook, checking that often monthly, putting like our incomes together and like, okay, what's going to go for what and kind of being very strict on boundaries, on how much money we allocate for each thing and respecting that, right? Because I think a lot of times, especially like as Latinos, you know, we get really happy really quick and it's like, oh, I want this, I want this, I want that. Oh, vamos para aquí, vamos para allá. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. Actually, I have a budget that I'm working on (laughs) or that I'm working around or working with because either like you're saving for a home or you're saving for a car or your kid is going to college or for a dream vacation. And I think for me, that has been one of like the biggest lessons, right? Like you just can't always be spending, spending, spending. And it's, it's hard because there's always so much necessity, but just having that balance of like, okay, this is how much I have, this is how much I could spend, and this is how much I'm going to enjoy for now, because at the end, this is the grand prize that I need to save for this.
0: Absolutely. Love it. And how about the best piece of financial advice that you've received?
1: Mm, that's a good question. I think it's very simple, but I think it's like something that I constantly need to remember. It's like don't spend what you don't have. Mm, yes, right. And then- it's very simple. It's like a one little short but sweet. But I think it's really important. Yeah, what someone told me one day: don't spend what you don't have. Right, and I again, we live in a society where like they tell you the opposite, right? <laughs> like spend, it, overspend, spend what you don't have. You have credit cards. You have all these things. Hey, it later- then, like, Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So I think for me, that has been definitely my favorite piece of financial advice. It's like, don't spend what you don't have. Love and then it. what you do have, value it.
0: Yes. Love it. spend it
1: wisely. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it.
0: Well, Sarai, this has been fantastic. I appreciate you being on, sharing your story. And oh. for you listening, please, please, if this is new to you about the Dreamers Roadmap, Share it, (laughs) share it. You know, just share it with your friends, anybody that you know, because this is valuable. It can impact that one individual and just make a world of a difference. Not just for that individual and the family, but for our country. You know, for the U.S. Because we need talented people, and in the Latino community, believe me, (laughs) there's a lot of talent. As you see, as you're hearing today from Sarai. So thank you, thank you so much for sharing uh, your story. And uh, I appreciate you keep pressing. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. What did you think? Wasn't she an inspiration? You can connect more with Sarai over at dreamersroadmap.com. I will have that link in today's show notes. I'm curious, what was your favorite part of this conversation with Sarai? For me, it was the simple fact that she took a problem she was dealing with and wanting to apply for scholarships and created a solution, not just for her, but others like her. ¿Qué inspiración, no? What an inspiration. How about you? What did you love about this conversation? I would love to hear your thoughts on today's conversation. You can share this over In our Comunidad on Facebook, if you haven't joined, you can do so over at jenhemphill.com forward slash Comunidad. You will meet other like-minded Latinas, so entonces no seas tímida, don't be shy. I really invite you to join us. La próxima semana, next week, vamos a conocer a Danette Rivera, who at one point in her life found herself divorced and filing bankruptcy. She shares her lessons and more. That is a wrap for today. I want to thank Sarai for being with us, for being transparent. You can check out today's show notes over at jenhemphill.com forward slash HDM25. Also, don't forget if you love this episode, it would mean the world for me for you to share with a friend, family member, stranger a co-worker because you never know what this episode or what this podcast can do to impact their financial life. It's not like we tell everybody that we are in dire financial straits. So you never know what this message, some little piece of this episode or this podcast that's going to give them that push, that inspiration to keep going. So I would greatly appreciate it if you share the Her Dinero Matters podcast with someone. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to do so. And I would love a review as well. That would be so beneficial. I really want to hear your honest thoughts. So thank you again. Muchas gracias por estar aquí conmigo y nos hablaremos el próximo viernes. We'll talk to you next Friday. Chao.